0: i to arrive to the Almanac of Ireland, it's Misha McGann. So an almanac is a pick and mix of forgotten facts, of lost lore, of witticisms, oddities and tales of all types. Dipping into one, it's a bit like Wheel of Fortune. You never quite know where the wheel might land and what you could uncover. So if you can bear with me, let's try to manifest this metaphor with an imaginary wheel of fortune that we can actually spin, okay? Are you with me on this? Really now? No, no do, do try to visualise this. Right, we'll cue some suitable music. And spin. And it's twirling, it's twirling, it's twirling. And, and. Ah, Mog. Yeah, this is a little gem. It's about a word that we don't use much anymore. It's actually a legal term to measure distance. And it was passed down from mouth to mouth for eons until eventually St. Patrick and his learned experts wrote it down as part of the ancient pagan laws of Ireland in the 5th century. Then in the 19th century, the whole lot was translated into English as the ancient laws and institutions of Ireland, which is where I found the word "mog." So, to actually get a sense of the meaning of this word, I'm going to need to take you outside of my house. Oh, and you'll really need to open your ears. Okay, just wait there now. So, I'm waiting for a sound. It should come any second now. It's the sound of Mog. Mog. Or actually, Mog, Allah. So, Mog is the distance that a bell or a cock can be heard. Mog or Mach. It also refers to a level plain or a wide stretch of even earth, like a very flat, wide stretch of, of earth. And the ancient Brehan law recorded in the Shanachas Moor says there, hear it? That's oh, very faint. Maybe I made it up. Yeah, it's there. It's so faint. Dong, dong. Oh, it's so faint. <laughs> Normally, it's a lot louder. But in the term Magna Gvala, the plane of distress, it becomes a legal definition to refer to the space in which the chime of a church bell or a handbell can be heard. Um, or actually, probably a handbell from a church, really. Or the crowing of a cockerel from a barn door, as well, is mog of all. The point is, I live a mog from Collinstown, which is the distance that you can hear the bell from the church. A mog, it's it's a it's exactly a mog from from um, from Collinstown, from my near, from Ballynagallagh, the nearest village. There's loads of old measurements. Like, if I was to measure my land, I'd, I could measure it in Sheshroch, And Sheshroch is a quarter of a baile. But it's also roughly 60 acres, uh, according to Patrick Janine's dictionary. So I have 10 acres here. So that's a sixth of a sheshroch. A sheshroch can also mean a plough team of six horses. In fact, Seshrach was normally only used to refer to ploughable land. And God love it, most of my land you wouldn't call ploughable. It's a big gravelly heap, a big drumlin that was deposited about 10,000 years ago by the glaciers when they were moving out and I think it would break the back of any plough team. Anyway, I hope, I just hope you got to hear that bell and now that you can rest assured knowing that I am exactly a Mog from Beilin from Collinstown. Mog: great word. I should really try and use it more often. And when you think about it, Mog is basically working on the same principle as SETI the institute dedicated to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which monitors the stars and exoplanets of our galaxy for sounds and signs of intelligent life. Just like the bell reverberating across the plane, they listen for a chime of evolved consciousness echoing out through the galaxy. Anyway, moving on, it's time to spin this wheel again to see what story we might land on. And here, the story of the Gloss Gáinach. It's another bit of old lore from eons ago, but it has never been more relevant to this moment in time. I've heard the tale a few times in different forms around the country, but I made it a mission to get down to Kirchgrina in the Dinga Peninsula as the great folklorist and, I don't know, can I say, shaman of modern rituals, Billy Marglin, had told me that there were two vast stones in the field beneath his house, up above Bailanetetig, which had a -a 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 story that I needed to know about. Billy takes me outside to see the stones on a terribly windy day in December. And my microphone skills are just dire, so please bear with me. So we're on top of a hill. I've come up through Balnaterig.
1: Yeah, we're in uh, the townland of Balnainig. It's the part of the townland called Kahru and Kachlan. So there used to be a castle below the stones, although they're not related to each other. Um, so it's an archaeologically fairly dense area. There's an awful lot up here on the hill.
0: The stones are immediately striking, strange and uncanny. Two tall menhirs, are or orthostats, about four metres apart, pointing straight upwards into the sky, like the ones Obelisk used to carry on his back in the Asterix books, but maybe slightly thinner. They seem to be of the local grey sandstone and are covered in old lichens.
1: The two stones together are known as Gjata and Glasgainach, which okay. is the gates of the Glasgainach.
0: The Glaskainach is a mythical cow who is able to provide an endless supply of milk. And her story is told right throughout Ireland. Always connected with local places and people wherever it's told.
1: The story here, anyway, says that she came in from Bealbán. She was out under the ocean and she came in from Bealbán and up through the fields here. And every day she would come and provide milk for anybody who needed it. she was such a prodigious milker that no matter what vessel you put underneath, she would fill it up until it was overflowing. And in particular, she used to go to people who needed milk, so people who would not have means or elderly people, that kind of thing. And one woman in particular, there was an old woman who was living in, in the parish just around the hill here. And every day she would come and she would provide as much milk as this woman needed until the vessel was, until it was overflowing.
0: The story goes, though, that one day this old woman was visited by a peddler who'd heard about the famous cow. Now, hoping to make some easy money, he told the woman he had a vessel in his pack that the cow would not be able to fill. The woman was confident in the abilities of the cow to fill any vessel, and she agreed to forfeit a large amount of money if the cow failed in the challenge. So the peddler put down his pack,
1: and he opened it up, and he pulled out a sieve. Ah. So she knew she was in trouble
0: The cow, the Glaskainach, arrived mid-morning And the peddler sat down in the milking stool and set to work
1: The cow, of course, saw her precious milk Flowing out through the, the sieve and down the hillside And became quite upset at this So, as mythological cows are wont to do, she turned around and she spoke to him and she said, Spare the milk. Mm. Don't let it go to waste.
0: The peddler, though, somewhat smugly, continued milking the cow.
1: The cow, more upset, turns around. She says, Spare all and for the second time.
0: The peddler kept milking. And the
1: cow, seeing all of this precious liquid flowing down the hillside and going to waste, said one last time, Spor all But he didn't yield, nor did the old woman yield.
0: The cow became increasingly agitated.
1: Until she began rocking back and forth, and then she went up on her front hoofs and let out an almighty kick with her back hoofs and struck the peddler between the eyes ah. and killed him, stoned out.
0: And she came around the hillside, right where we're standing down to the beach at Bale bon, where she first appeared. And she went out under the water and was never seen again. But so she was exhausted. She had been producing more and more milk for however long he had been milking. Mm-hmm.
1: And it wasn't so much... The exertion of producing the milk, she has an infinite amount of milk. It was the fact that it was going to waste. That's what bothered her. And I've noticed that before in a lot of the older legends and myths. There is an ecological bent to a lot of it. And I suppose it's a timely story for modern times about wasting resources and over-exploitation of nature
0: yeah I've heard as you said I've read versions of that story but to hear it in the landscape and for you pointing out that she's coming out of the sea there mm. out of, you know through uh kind of up a bell the strand and then you're seeing the fields that she's walking up to get to this lush mm. field and then when you were talking about the milk flowing down I'm actually picturing the milk washing over the landscape mm. it's a lot different to hear it in context than yeah. to read it in a book Billy points out that it's the two standing stones, the glasgainach gateposts, that give the story extra potency. In the story, the stones are the gateposts through which the glasgainach passed on her way up out of the sea to graze in this rich, fertile field. The stones have become a mnemonic device, something that helps us retain information or wisdom and retrieve it like the rhyme 30 days hot September April, June and November Seeing the stones sparks the memory of the story and the message it contains Its wisdom is encoded in the landscape and the land becomes the lore You can read the landscape
1: like a manuscript that way when you know what it is and and the stories keep the landscape a living thing and and a living entity You know, particularly with stories like that, that have these sort of moralistic twists yeah. to them, they, they they make us think about our relationship with the landscape and about
0: exploitation. And um, So if anyone was doing a non-sustainable act in this locality, they could just say, well, remember what happened to the Glosgeinach up there on the hill. You know, if you do exploit nature, this is what will happen.
1: Yeah. We would do well to remember these stories, I think. Yeah.
0: This story is maybe 2,000 years old. And it connects us back to these stones that could have been placed here 2,000 years before that again. So it leads us to the lives of people four millennia ago. That's something. Thank you so much, but I'm so glad I asked you that question. I'm so glad I made it back here to find out about the stones. Míde báyachas. Fáil So I suppose that's about it for this episode of, of the Almanac of Ireland. I'm just gonna dismantle my wheel of fortune again and be off on my way. I'll just loosen a few cogs, unscrew a few bolts, and um, pack it all up. There, bully my board, I'll hit the road. Until next time, slow on the grave. The Almanac of Ireland was presented by me, Mon Con McGann, and produced by Colette Kinsella. It's a Red Hair Media production for RT Radio.